When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got Mars. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. They're all gonna laugh at you. You're listening to the Jersey Coals. Hey, everybody. What's up? And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. And tonight it is, I, I don't even want to say a very special night because I feel like that's an undersell. We, it's a, we've it's a it. very undersell. It is a, <laughs> this is a pinnacle. Oh my God. This is, I mean, we peaked. Jersey we, Ghouls could, history. we should probably retire after tonight because you know tonight. What? Go out on top. Yep. That's what I always say. Yeah. Tonight, you guys, we are joined by none other than the director of one of our favorite Friday the no nay the our favorite period uh Friday the 13th film Jason goes tell director Adam Marcus Adam thank you so much for being here and oh hey Vanessa's here too <laughs> oh our creeper our resident creeper joining us again oh we're so yeah, I'm hiding dude, behind the plant <laughs> I don't think she ever left from the yeah. fir- the last no. time we had her on she just sat in the uh, zoo no, waiting she, for there was a back. sleeping bag behind the ficus I was like oh it's Vanessa it's fine yeah it's fine but we're so it's no <laughs> totally totally audition style in your in your you know just the bag moves every once in a while. yeah <laughs> So, um, Adam and Vanessa, thank you so much for, for coming on and joining us tonight. We are beyond thrilled to have you both on. And, and I have to say that we are so pumped to be celebrating the this week, next week, right? 13th, August next 13th. Week. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. 28th. Days. Oh, so exciting. Yeah, the, yeah the, it's the 20th anniversary next Friday. Yep. Yeah. Of Jason Goes Child. Now, on the 20th anniversary, what is that? The Is that the machete holiday? I know it's wood, paper. <laughs> I think 28, you give someone the machete, right? For machete, the anniversary, yes. Right? Yeah, oh, it is, it's okay. machete. Yeah. That's, why, yeah. that's why it's such a special anniversary. <laughs> right. you know. that's, that's why you guys got to celebrate yeah. inside. Yeah, it's really true. It's really true. Yeah. <laughs> I always uh, forget if it's that or diamonds. I can't ever keep it straight. For <laughs> Diamond encrusted machete. Ooh. That's that's, that's 50. Come on. Uh, we're 50. back to bedazzling this early in the show. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> Dazzle everything. Look, look, did you? We're not, nobody can see us, but you guys can. I bedazzled my bun. Wow. That's how that's how fancy and important tonight is, guys. She bedazzled my bun. I bedazzled my buns, but you can't see them on there. <laughs> so I'm just that's a thing I do on Thursdays. Oh my gosh! Um, but by the way, I, I I have to tell you, I'm so absolutely honored to be here with you guys. I mean that. Um, oh, thank this you. This is I've actually really been looking forward to this, so this is super cool. I'm I'm like beyond. I'm like nervous, fangirl, awkward. <laughs> like I'm probably gonna make inappropriate uh, passes at you at some point. You know, I'm gonna apologize it. for all my embarrassing no. behavior. Yeah, you I, understand? I, That's the reason I'm excited <laughs> to be here. So I'm just now. I I just fully intend to flip a switch from any sort of professionalism just to straight Chris Farley and just ask you just like the most like remember when this happened in the movie? Yeah. That's cool. I like that part. <laughs> 
<laughs> remember, like, you do you remember when when Jason came out and he had any of the knife? And he, remember when he killed that girl when they were having sex? That was cool. Remember that? Is, um, I got to tell you, I've never felt more like Sir Paul McCartney ever. <laughs> so that's like amazing that oh, I get to be, be that person go. right now. Oh my gosh, that's I can I can die happy, lady. That's you, amazing. By the way, you can totally tell you can totally tell how excited I am to be here because I completely Christopher Walken into my hair for you. So the hair, the yeah. hair's on point tonight. This is I a mean... thing. This is like a new, you know. I might tap dance later uh, <laughs> nice. to some Fat Boy Slim. I'm not Good sure, but nice. it's yeah, it's very it's, exciting. I'm enjoying it. You've got like a whole like the, it's a whole look. It is. I'm I'm here for it. Like basement slowly getting. I'm not gonna lie. What's <laughs> flooded? <laughs> You're gonna have to start flipping your collar up. Or wearing a collar. The ice, <laughs> the ice is gonna break. So I'm very excited. Very um, excited. So yes. Yeah, so I, points for anybody who gets the reference. <laughs> so I'm super, I'm super excited uh, to to have you on a chat. I want to also talk about some of the other exciting things you have coming down the pike, Adam. Uh, when are we gonna get to see this behind the scenes movie that's coming out? I'm beyond just pumped for it. God, I'm really glad you would start with something that would really just really put me in a great place. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> totally Fuck. kidding. Oh. Totally <laughs> joking with you. Uh, that, God, that was way too easy. Wow. Uh, um, I'm far too nervous for this. <laughs> wow. No, no, no. It was, uh, no, I'm actually, we, I, I was just truly just at a lunch a couple of hours ago with the editor of the film, uh, a guy named Eric Beatner, who just got nominated for his ninth Emmy uh he wow. edits the amazing race oh, um so cool. yeah he's amazing and eric and i have been friends since eric was 14 and i was 15 oh, um awesome. so yeah so and he we, literally so we grew up together uh back east in connecticut and we both now live half a mile apart from each other in el segundo california um oh, and by fun. the way that wasn't planned that's where we ended up <laughs> That's um, awesome. Which is crazy. So he, I was just with him and the director, Eddie Samuelson, um, who's directing the documentary. Uh, I'm, I'm producing, I'm not directing the, the movie. And um, we, were, we were literally just talking about the fact that next week for the, for the 28th machete anniversary Woo! of Jason Goes to Hell, uh, there is a special screening that the American Cinematheque uh, is hosting and has asked me to be a part of, which Woo -woo. is a crazy honor. Um, and uh, yeah, we're going to be Josh Miller, uh, the writer of uh, Sonic the Hedgehog one and two um, horror classics. Uh, <laughs> Josh, <laughs> Actually the trailer for the original Sonic the Hedgehog is a horror classic. If you see it with the original teeth. So that is terrifying. I have um, heard that. <laughs> it is. Uh, but no, Josh, Josh's amazing guy. And he's the one who runs Friday night frights for the American Cinematheque. And this is their big back to being open screening after coronavirus. So That's this is like a awesome. huge deal for them. Uh, yeah. So they're doing a, a big show and the documentary is gonna be shooting that whole event uh, as part of the end of the documentary. So um, cool. In, in the film itself. So, and Vanessa is actually oh, going to be flying out to LA next week to be with us yeah. during this. I mean, it's, it's really, I mean, somebody's, I, somebody's got to hold your purse. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. <laughs> right. And I, I mean, I have an, I have an extensive purse. Um, <laughs> I need somebody to make sure I've got my stevia. Um, right. and, Otherwise and you're going to have to steal of, it from right, the diner. A little bit of extra hair product to, you know, to kind of keep sure. all of this, you know, <laughs> And you know what? She'll bring her backpack that 
pops up into like a tent with all the yes stuff. yes she'll she'll bring her bedazzler if you're lucky it, i will suddenly have a mary poppins bag so it's very exciting you see me like running down the street with a hot glue gun and little jewels adam <laughs> And me that's running what, away. I was going to say, that's when you pretend you don't know her. That's what we yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. It's exciting. Yeah, so, that is super uh, exciting. Yeah, so it's it's really cool. Look, it, it, it um, this all happened sort of by happenstance. I, this came out of the blue, this 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 American Cinematheque thing. And uh, and it's funny because I take a moment to go like, wow, a movie I directed is now a, a cult classic? Like, oh, that's yeah. a weird... That's a weird experience for me because I'm like, it's the movie that I made. It's just a thing. And now, like, it's like my kid gets to go to Harvard. That's that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Like, they finally moved out of the basement. They're not yeah. just sucking up your energy anymore. They've yes. made it. I get it. Yes. Yeah. As a parent, I get it. That's an yeah. amazing and, feeling. And, and, and honestly, like, you know, Jason Goes to Hell as a child was a kid that got picked on for a long time. So this moment is like, wow, like you're pretty cool kid. Just took people to get to know how pretty you are. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's like, so. you know, they took off their glasses, they took out the ponytail yes. and now you finally they're realized hot. what a beautiful, right? <laughs> they're hot. Well, <laughs> I, I actually think, yes, exactly. The, 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 uh, Jason Costell has finally been, she's all that. It, yeah. You know? <laughs> they, 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 oh stripped, my God. they stripped the paint yeah. cover overalls. Dare yes. I, yeah, dare yes. I say yes. this is your moment walking down the stairs in slow motion for the final oh. week? Can I, can, I just say, can I just say, I'm, and, and this is just a personal thing, perhaps, but I have a feeling a lot more guys feel this way. I actually, the girl in the overalls with the paint in her hair and the glasses and the hair up and all that, she's so much hotter than the girl who does that whole thing and wears the dress. Yeah. And the whole, I'm sorry, like, give me the girl in the overalls. I'll take her every day and twice on Sunday. No, I agree with you. And thank God for, for men like you, or I would have had a very lonely life. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As, so. as lifelong glasses and ponytail people. Yeah. We you. salute you. We You're the real heroes. I, Gentlemen I, and a you, scholar. I truly, I, I met my wife at an industry function. Uh, and, and by the way, I met her a little over 28 years ago. Um, that's true. And she um, don't forget to get her a machete too. It's important. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you mean, get, what do you mean? Get her a machete. Like the 28th. You have any idea how many sure he has? <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Does she I have spend, the diamonds? One? I, I <laughs> yeah. spend a lot of time bedazzling. Trust me. <laughs> um, but no, when, when I met her, she was dressed to the nines. She was, you know, it was an industry function, like just extraordinary. And, uh, you know, I was like a cartoon wolf, like, you know, <laughs> Um, but I have to tell you, I have to tell you, it wasn't until the overalls went on and the hair went up and the glasses went on that. And by the way, we're talking some mid nineties, like Elton John, you know, uh, uh, red turtle shell glasses that yes. I suddenly was like, oh, I'm going to marry you. Oh, that's adorable. Just true. That's sweet. Just oh, true. Yeah. My gosh. You're that's adorable. Yeah. Um, and Vanessa, of course, uh, just take a minute to kind of shout out for the Renegade Film Festival. Can you tell us a little bit about what's happening? We got some big news out of the fest. So this much week. is happening. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Oh, I'm so excited. So we will be screening the Bloomhouse hit Freaky. Freaky. Um, it's going to be freaky. 
Yeah, I'm <laughs> so excited about that. The uh, one of the writers, Michael Kennedy, is going to be there, and some other members of the cast and crew, and yeah, big stuff. Um, yeah. I, wait a minute. I'm when you to told think... me it was going to be freaky, I just thought that was you. <laughs> yes, I will be freaky. All right. <laughs> per usual. Yes, nothing um, changes. <laughs> so, yeah, no, we're super excited. And Adam, correct me if I'm wrong, but not only are you the master of ceremonies for the award ceremony, but I hear that you are like the the hip hop unbreakable you're going to be beatboxing maybe oh, yeah. a little break dancing maybe <laughs> so so much break dancing but but in but in, in on the cardboard right like, yeah. well you see it's gonna be vanessa and i doing this and and when we say break dancing it's more like break a hip dancing <laughs> yeah kind of the thing Even we're better. Going for. i'm just gonna clap and keep the beat <laughs> oh boy so there won't okay. be a beat hang on right i just gonna clap full stop there it is i'm a little bit musical <laughs> A little, I'm training. I'm, uh, I was a in the band. The band, like the like. Yeah, take, I like I take I a little off. that because some people are like, "Oh, it's so cool, you were in a band." I was like, "No, no, no, I was in the band. It's different." What 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 did you play? Tambourine, saxophone. Really? Oh, you were in like high school band. Wait. Wait. Yeah, I played it forever. <laughs> I was gonna be like, I was waiting Clarence for Clemens? Clarence Clemens to like retire or and then i was gonna be because i was like the e street band needs me well that's, i mean vanessa that's what, what i played in the band oh my gosh <laughs> that is ridiculous what a weird coincidence so jackie what'd you play in the band i wasn't in the band i was the only one oh, of the trifecta of choir theater and that's marching shocking. band I was the only one of my friends that did not complete the trifecta. Oh my because god! I, I sing. I don't. I don't play an instrument. I. I can dabble on the guitar as most '90s girls well, did. Um, well, yeah, you, I, you have what to. Could you, here. you couldn't graduate the '90s. You couldn't. Yeah. So. <laughs> we could have a band. There we go. It would be very sax heavy. It would <laughs> dual sax, dueling saxophones. Well, we could so do it. I'll be the vocalist. We'll have yeah. two saxophones and Marissa yeah. on tambourine. Perfect. Yeah, I love. Yes. Can I be the hype man? I feel like I'd be good at that. Job. Oh yeah, you can do hype man and tambourine. Here's the thing, though. I think I think we need because there's so much saxophone. I think it's got to be sort of like the way they shot the video for Duran Duran's Rio. <laughs> yes. You know, so we're I'm all on a, boat. Yep. we're on a boat. Yeah, boat. You know. I mean, I wouldn't mind Rio with a pinch of Karma Chameleon boat style. If, sure. if we're feeling saucy. Sure. <laughs> You gotta get your, just, you gotta get your boy George on for goodness' pinch. sake. Yeah. If we're gonna I'll do bring the body paint. Yes, we'll do it. Perfect. Yeah, I gotta it's say, gonna I, be I, so good. I gotta say, this is this is not a joke, and I'm I'm gonna prove that it's that it's not. I, I have been um, taking all of my old cassettes and casingles, um, mm -hmm. and putting them through a machine into my computer, so digitizing music, so I can save all of it. Um, yeah. And right here, we got ABC, the Lexicon of Love. Oh my God, um, I love ABC. And and what's amazing is I was literally just listening to Culture Club like two days ago. Um, do y'all remember the song War is Stupid? This was a hit. No. Yeah, yeah. Culture Club had a song called War is Stupid. And and look, here's the thing. While the sentiment is so true, war, true. Is, war is stupid. Um, I can't believe that we all said yes to that song. <laughs> That we were like, that's a that's a hit. I want to dance. Well, I know it. If I hear it, I don't recall it. Yes, 
Yes. Okay. Yeah. I kind of want to like in my head. I'm like, wait, how do I? I felt like I knew. Yeah, it's a lot of war is stupid and people are stupid. And I mean, it's, it's like it's like listening to Nadia and Laszlo do their songs like war is <laughs> stupid would be on there. <laughs> Out of what oh we do in the God. shadows mix. <laughs> oh, it totally is. It's absolutely yes. It would be perfect for that. Perfect. Oh, oh man. Oh. No, and I gotta tell you, I'm a huge fan of 80s. I'm shocked that I'm not. Come on. You had me at people are stupid. <laughs> right? Right? And we all said yes. That's we a did. Hit. Yeah. We said hell yes. Um, but we then again, this is the same it. time where, like, re- like Frankie says, relax was a thing. So why are we shocked? Like, yeah, we needed oh, yeah. advice. I mean, God, oh, yeah. after yeah. Reagan, someone had we to tell us what to do. <laughs> we didn't I saw, know. I saw Frankie goes to Hollywood in London, and what was extraordinary was there were live gay sex acts during the show. Oh my gosh. And this is the 80s. And I was like, what is happening? Like, it was like, yeah. this is kind of awesome. I right. never expected anything like this. But wow, yes, sir. It was amazing. So, uh, amazing. Wait a minute. Cocaine so, sprinkled down from the ceiling. Yes, and then so it was much just cocaine. Oh my glitter God. And cocaine, cocaine just up everybody's nose. Wait a yes. minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> you mean to tell me that guy wasn't taking his own advice? I'm devastated. He really wasn't. Oh, he you really know, wasn't. you got a lot of nerve to sing that song and then have that happen on stage. Next there was to it. not a lot of relaxing going on. <laughs> no, I bet. No. Oh, my God. I want to unpack that so badly. I'd be so nervous. It was all <laughs> pleasure dome, baby. Like, was there like a dome. splash zone? Yes, yeah, so like, it was like a Gallagher like, like show. Like a Gallagher show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I hope you bought your poncho. Oh, He's coming with some ponchos. We're here. Where's Frankie? <laughs> um. Oh, oh man. All right. So if if it's okay with you, and I, I'm sure you're very probably very exhausted with answering all these these fanny questions okay. about uh, yeah, Jason okay. goes to hell. But I got to tell you, I think our audience would be so sad if we didn't at least touch upon the film a little bit. Please. Uh, this is the ninth installment in the Friday Thirteenth goes series, correct? Yes, and, it is. Um. Again, we're so, we're looking at 28 years. God, I can't believe I'm trying to do the math on this. I'm like, I, did I really watch these movies that young? But yes, yes, I did. And and I'm better off for it, I would argue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My therapist might not agree, but I think I'm fine. Um, so Jackie, <laughs> would you would you be so kind? Just a brief synopsis for us. This is uh, the best sure. thing I've ever this seen. This is amazing. This just it's happens amazing. all the time. So and, good. Yep. <laughs> You're putting me on the spot. You're going to make me do a Jackie synopsis for the director. Don't for fuck the up. director of don't, don't one of my fi- okay. favorite films. Of- right. Don't act Here like you go. didn't watch this film 10 times this week and not even because of this. <laughs> All right. So All right, be careful. Here we go. Don't mess Hang up. On. I'm not going to mess up. I'm not going to mess oh up. Oh my God. She's like stretching. She doesn't want to pull a hammy. I know. I'm like, Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to pull a hammy. This is really important. <laughs> I don't want to pull a hammy. Um, okay, so welcome, welcome. Let me set the scene. Welcome. Are you good? You okay? I'm good. Welcome okay. to camp. Welcome to Camp Crystal Lake, everybody. And Jackie, and, this is a one-hour show. Just yeah, no, last thing I'm, I'm gonna, gonna say. I'm gonna I'm gonna synopsize <laughs> like I have never synopsized All right, before. Do it. Jason comes back. It yeah. is a it is an old the old bait and switch because as Jason goes to get his victim. Bam! Lights go up. Squat team comes out. Whole nine. It's a shoot 'em up, and 
he is exploded when he is he taken is exploded. he is explo- he he explodes so he is taken <laughs> to the autopsy facility place center and uh while the autopsy is being performed uh the the gentleman the medical the forensic guy the medical man sure sure the medical man the medical man medical the the doctor type uh he kind of hears a little noise and sees jason's beating heart mind you jason is in many pieces very burnt uh he sees his heart beating so he does what What any any medical professional would do and he eats the heart agree you eat the heart of jason Voorhees. And guess what? Now you, Jason Voorhees. So he starts to kill his way back to the scene. And along the way, it is one of those. And this is like my favorite thing, because this just really plays with the like the mythology, the demonology of this character. But so he can literally pass his Jason Voorheesism to another person. And his whole goal, what we now it's essence, out, I would say. Oh, it is. It's an it's an it's an essence. It's his <laughs> man essence. Now See? I'm wondering what Jason smells like. <laughs> oh, it's not mm. good. It's Clorox. It's burnt toast at this point. <laughs> yeah, and like regrets and regrets. Yes. I I need you to do me a favor. That might be like top five bucket list things in my life. Like, yeah. uh, I, you know, sure. See see my daughters get married. You know, stuff like that. But above that, sure. I need you to tell me what it was like. The conversation between you and Steven when he was like, I think I should wear a cowboy outfit. Oh, <laughs> were you oh, like fucking wait, brilliant? Go. No, he, no, no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Steven, I, this is what I love about about. Oh, my God. Steven Williams is amazing because Steven Williams literally tells the story about how I wouldn't do the role unless they let me wear a cowboy outfit. That's and I'm like mythology, yeah. And I'm like, Stephen, you are so full of shit. Um, because here's you what happened here, folks. <clears throat> there was another actor cast in the part. So John Rubenstein, the and uh, the famous actor nominated for a Tony for his portrayal of Pippin on Broadway in the original Pippin, which by the way was the first show I saw on a Broadway stage when I was four years old. Um John Rubenstein was one of my heroes growing up and he agreed to come in and meet with me to audition for the film. And we wrote the part for him. Okay. With only weeks before production, John's agent said to him, are you out of your fucking mind? You cannot be in a Friday the 13th movie. No. So he pulled him from the movie. Now John was to wear this long kind of gray duster, right? Throughout the movie, I wanted it to have this sort of kind of weird bounty hunterish feel to it, but not something that we had seen before. Okay. So we put him in this long duster. When Stephen was hired, we put the duster on him, and it made Stephen look homeless. <laughs> <laughs> so I turned to my costume designer. I said, "Okay, none of this is going to work. <laughs> so what do we want to do?" And she says. Black, make it in black. I was like, great, he's the man in black. That's awesome. And Steven said, Oh my God, I got a cowboy hat that would go great with it. And I went, Done. Yeah. You don't, yeah. That, oh, so and what? Wow. That's how that happened. Wow. Yes. So he's taking credit. 
He's taking credit for what is only a, a I brilliant think, choice. I, I think opinion. he was. I think he was inspired by the duster to then add the hat. I think that was the thing that got him really excited about a hat. Because um, remember, he you know he does it with a slight southern twang in his just, just a sprinkle, just a, right. just a skosh. Um, but but the truth is is that look here's what's amazing about Stephen and and I got to tell you my 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 collaboration with him is one of my favorites in my career. Um, because he's almost as nuts as I am. So like awesome. th- things like, and, and forgive me, cause we're getting ahead of your brilliant synopses of the movie. <laughs> where, where, Part of the stick is that we never finish. No, so yeah. it's perfectly fine. By the way, I tell you, I mean, I love that we did the Frankie goes to Hollywood story. And then suddenly we're talking about Jason's man essence. I was like, this is an amazing interview. <laughs> and by the way, I'm going to take that one step further right now because we're about to do the the scene in the movie which is one of my favorite scenes in the film it's it's easily my favorite scene on paper because it's awful on paper um the scene in the jail in the prison cells when uh when when we we literally make the karate kid a five minute version of that of that story where (laughs) where the bounty hunter has to galvanize the young hero into a man before he can actually go out <laughs> and be a warrior against this behemoth uh, maniac, right? So that's, that's, the, that's the idea. And we had come up with the idea of, okay, we have an eight-page scene that is nothing but exposition. Like, it's just exposition. And by the way, it's crazy freaking exposition, and I know that. And we're like, how do we get people to actually give a crap about any of this? And the solution was, we have to make this kid pay in pain. Which Stephen Williams loved, right? He was like, okay, this is just sadistic and brilliant and let's do it. I'm so excited. But when we started the scene and he tells, you know, he he asks him for his hand. He asks John LeMay for his hand. Um. We were rehearsing, and by the way, Jason Goes Tell is the only Friday Thirteenth movie that had a long, probably overlong, because I was twenty three and I thought this was awesome, overlong <laughs> rehearsal period with all the actors. So I get Stephen and John together. We're working this out, and he asks for his hand, and Stephen says, "Adam, do you mind if I, um, if I take his hand, and at first I'm sort of caressing it." And I was like, oh, dude, we're in a prison. That's great. He says, yeah. He said, what if we make them think I want sexual favors in in return for the information? I was like, oh, so good. Because here's the thing. Part of my agenda with the movie was the problem I found with all of the with all of the major franchises, okay, um, is that the minute you take that mask off, and you make the villain the hero, they're not scary anymore. I mean, if you look at the first Friday the 13th or even the second Friday the 13th, Friday the 13th Part 2 is a fantastic film, right? Because essentially Great. you have the elephant man as the, as the murderer, right? You have Sackhead Jason, right? You don't see his face until the very end of the movie. And throughout the movie, you're not cheering for Jason. You're cheering for... You know, Amy Steele, who is ostensibly the best final girl that the franchise ever had. She's just freaking great, right? So you're cheering for her to to survive. No one cheers for Freddy Krueger in the first Nightmare on Elm Street. 
Correct. They cheer for Heather Langenkamp. Mm-hmm. That's who they're cheering for, right? So these movies, the minute that these movies switch in the third, fourth, or fifth part to suddenly you're cheering for the villain, they're not scary anymore. So my job, from my, from my own point of view, was to create characters you loved so much that suddenly you're afraid of the shark in the water again. And that was kind of part of the idea about having this body switching idea was that Jason can be anyone. Jason can be anywhere. And the machete, I always had this image in my head of the machete, like cutting through the water the way a shark's Mm. fin would, right? So here's the thing. I know that a lot of my audience are bro dudes. (laughs) There's nothing that bro dudes get more shaken by or upset by than by anything that appears to be in any way homosexual. Okay, it gets them crazy. Yeah, and that's for fair. me, for me, I'm like, this is I, I literally, you know, like you know, some people were raised by wolves. I was raised by choreographers. <laughs> so, so, so this stuff, this stuff is like, it's just my my backyard. It's my second nature. So I, I grew up on Broadway, so I'm like, mm-hmm. I hear so, the parallels between wolves and choreographers are uncanny too. It's crazy, <laughs> and they eat their own. Um, here's the thing. Uh, here's the thing. Um, the uh, Stephen saying this about this whole hand thing opened up this whole idea in the movie of like, I want to play with the sexuality of all of this. Like, this is really interesting Mm -hmm. to me. And I know it's going to make people nervous, but for me, it made me feel like now I'm actually including something from my, from my childhood, from what I understand, from the people that I adore. And now there was like this incredible sense of, I got more excited about that than almost anything else directorially and cut to, you know, Josh laying naked on the table getting a shave. I mean, like Jason needs to shave somebody. Come on. I mean, that scene, right? Like, I love it. But every straight male will come at me with that question first. Every interview I do, it's like, why? What's with the shaving thing? And I'm like, and, and, and I say, because I knew 25 years later, you would still be talking about it. Yeah, it, it's so much of what sets this film apart from so many of its counterparts is like, and I got to tell you, as someone who sits around like academically dissecting horror, uh, you know, I grew up on George Romero. That's what made me fall uh, in love. Like if uh, there's not some meat on those bones, you're and and Jackie is is my counterpart in that she loves the gore and everything else. But like, yeah. that's why I love this film, because there is a lot of nuanced thematic shit being played with. And, and yes. I just I can't speak enough to how much I think that's why this film stands the test of time. I think that's why we're still talking about it 28 years later. And I think it's why we have to tip our hat to you and everybody else for their choices. Cause you're right. There is that little sprinkle of, of like, you know, sexuality bending kind mm-hmm. of homoeroticism that yeah. I find fascinating in that series. When you just, there's a lot of dude on dude action. In the there now there now is. it is, it is Jason's, you know, man essence going sure. from dude to dude. I mean, um, you can't just throw that around. Well, you know, my thoughts, it's always that cleanliness is next to godliness. He doesn't know where that mustache has been. True he that. a clean transfer. All I'm True saying. That. He's hygienic. That. It's fascinating. I don't fault him that. Were you either. so like, were you really like, fuck it, I'm going to watch the world burn. I'm going to do this scene and it's going to piss. Yes. Like, it's, I love it. And, yeah, and love here's it. the thing. Stephen Williams was so excited by just the ideas of that. That's awesome. Um, and look, the other part about Stephen and it, what's wonderful about him is that, you know, we remain friends all this time. We're working together on, on a couple things together even now. 
Um, and the thing about Steven is that um, at that time, and he's totally cool with me talking about this, he, he was like a sex monster. So like he, by the way, when, when we had to put a prosthetic on his leg, you know, when, he, when, it, when the pipe goes through his leg, the makeup girl went in to like fit him. Right. And uh, uh, sorry, not the, the, the wardrobe girl went in to, to fit him. This is the assistant wardrobe. Uh, and he dropped his pants so she could put the thing on. He had no underwear on because he never wore underwear because that would just get in the way of a good time. I saw this girl run from the room screaming. OK, um, Hint and move right there. cut to cut to this absolutely phenomenal uh, makeup. Uh, associate on the movie Brian Ray lumbers in is like uh, hi I'm here to put the thing on your leg because she's terrified of your penis <laughs> so I'm going to put on the thing and so he goes to put it on he goes uh, could you could you move it over to the he's like oh yeah sure um, but that that was the, the Stephen was he was so effed up from the night before every day of shooting Right. Which for most mere mortals would be a problem. I swear we're in the we're doing we're shooting the last scene in the Voorhees house where, you know, where he's got the baby and everything. And I had to reset something. And I said to Steven, I said, dude, you got like 30 minutes. We got to We got to We have a like problem. He goes, OK, great. He says, so I said, we'll need you in 30. He goes, terrific. He then lays his head while standing on the Voorhees table. And falls asleep for 30 minutes standing in the middle of the set while we do everything. <laughs> and I was like, the 30 minutes end, I said, Steve, we're ready. He's like, okay. And went right into the scene. Holy cow, that's awesome. And I was like, you are not a, you are not a man. You are something far greater yeah. than a man I've ever amazing. seen. Like, you yeah. are an amazing person. So, no, Stephen Williams is, for me, um, w- one of the greatest collaborators uh, that, that I've ever had. He's, that's he's, so cool. Yeah, he's 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 the man. He's so the man. while we're on this road, um, you you also have the honor, in my opinion, of being the film in the series which is considered the most highly sexualized with its nudity. And I got to tell you, the unrated version really, I love. I'm here for it. Thank you. But and I and I feel which, by the like, way, you can see you can see on HBO Max. They say it's the R-rated cut. It is not. It, it is, is not. the NC-17 cut. And I got to tell you, one of the things that and I, I've heard you say this before in other interviews and in other discussions, you were kind of like, you know, and forgive the pun, tit for tat when it yep. came to nudity with males and females. Yep. And I find that fascinating. I And I, I couldn't help but want to ask the question of how much of this was all calculated, whether it was using so many, you know, BIPOC people in the film or like, I mean, because in 1993, nobody's giving two thoughts to that kind of shit. Yep. And, and I'm, I was fascinated by the choice because, you know, the early 90s was such a horrifying time. It's yep. definitely what spawned, in my humble opinion, the Me Too movement. Yes. Um, that that Hollywood to me is is as bad as any other kind of Hollywood mm-hmm. you could get. So mm-hmm. t- tell me what's going through your head when you're like, fuck it. I'm going to put tons of nudity in. I'm going to make sure I, we get a, a penis, like a little bit of ball, a little bit. Just we got we, we actually had we had a, in my cut of the movie. There's a lot of penis. There's no there's, there's no, a lot of dogs. There's no angry pickle, um, but there, there's a lot, a lot of penis. Um, here's the thing. And look, and this again, the way I was raised and the way I grew up um, was truly like, I, I mean, 
when I would go to my father's house, it was like living in a, a live orgy at all times. Um, so it was mm. like Plato's retreat in my father's living room. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was terrific. Terrific. Uh, I saw you know, my, the documentary on that place. That was oh, enough for me. My, my dad had a place out in Fire Island. That pretty much says it. Gotcha. Much says yeah. It. Okay. Um, yeah. So here's the thing. I grew up, I grew up with a very you need kind the poncho. Of, yeah. Yes. Splash that zone. that's where you have the Gallagher splash zone. Um, so uh here's the thing. I I grew up it, with with a very kind of open attitude towards all of this stuff. The other thing is, you know, I went to NYU in the late 80s and um and I was a waiter in New York. I I had I, I was uh, oh my god, I had so many jobs. Um, because I had to pay for freaking film degree at NYU like an idiot. Um, here's the thing. I, uh, I had a ton of friends that died in the 80s from AIDS. When Dean Laurie, the guy who wrote Jason Goes to Hell with Me, we had a movie we'd been workshopping for years in New York called Johnny Zombie. Johnny Zombie is the script I brought to L.A. with me when Sean brought me out here to work for him because I had one best picture at NYU. So he brought me out, said, be my, forgive me, but be my bitch for a year. It's literally the words he used. And I will give you your shot. And I was like, I'm going. By the way, the only other job I was offered was uh, to work uh, in the writer's room on season two of Twin Peaks. Yes, I know. I know. It's like, why would you go to Sean Cunningham when David Lynch is like, why don't you come over here? Um, Maybe I was just afraid. Um, So here's the thing. I come to LA with, uh, with Johnny Zombie, which ended up becoming uh, the Disney hit, My Boyfriend's Back. Um, yeah. It is that movie. Now, here's the thing, okay? The original script was an R-rated, super gory, romantic comedy horror musical. Damn, that would have been awesome. It was, <laughs> it was amazing. And by the way, the first table read in Los Angeles starred a guy who Dean and I'd lived next door to for three years at NYU, Adam Sandler. Holy cow. So that was the original reading, which is that reading is what ended up getting New Line and Disney into a bidding war for the rights for Johnny Zombie. And Disney, of course, had much deeper pockets, even though I was begging Sean, please let us go with New Line because I was supposed to direct the movie. And Disney backed a truck of money up to Sean's house. And Sean just, Sean, with Sean, everything is about the money. So, so he went for that. But here's the thing. The story we were telling in Johnny Zombie, and it gets to the point of why I'm saying this. The story we were telling Johnny Zombie was about um, this boy who wants to be extraordinary for one night. He chooses the senior prom to be that night. His best friend growing up is the girl next door, Missy McLeod. And he finally, she's sort of the prom queen. She's gorgeous. She's amazing. He wants to go to prom with her. He gets up the nerve to ask her out, even though they've been friends all these years. And just before he's going to ask her out, he is shot and killed in a convenience store holdup while protecting her. As he dies in her arms, he says, want to go to prom? And she's holding a dying guy and she's who's, who's right. dying because of her. And she right. says, of course I'll go to prom with you. And he dies. He is buried. Three days later, he rises from his grave, right? To go to prom. Okay. Here's the thing. 
the whole cemetery had all these other zombies who are like playing Pinochle and like all these zombies mm-hmm. that are living in the cemetery walls, right? And they put on musical numbers at night. Well, awesome. they are told if you leave the confines of the cemetery, your body will decay and fall apart in three days unless you eat the flesh of the living. So none of them want to do that. They're all very civilized people. They just want to they just want to have their lives, but they really, what they all want to do is go home because they miss their loved ones. They miss their kids. They miss their families. Well, Johnny is the only one because of his need to go to the prom. He leaves the confines of the cemetery. Here's the thing. The prom is in five days. So he's going to have to eat the flesh of living to get to prom. Okay. What else, what happens further in the story is that the zombies are, are shown the bravery of Johnny and they leave the cemetery. And they all leave and go out into the town huh. and go back to their lives. So suddenly, you know, grandpa's sitting at dinner trying to cut the turkey and his arm falls off, you know. <laughs> so, but here's what happens. The whole town rejects these people. Now, these people are not different other than the fact that they're dead, but they're the same people. And what Dean and I were trying to do was make an allegory about the, about the AIDS crisis. And about these people, these kids who would go home to their parents and their parents wouldn't let them in the house. And suddenly they were these lepers when you couldn't get AIDS from hugging someone, from giving someone love, from being close. But none of these people got that. So we had written this sort of, you know, this this crazy, bizarre, freaky movie. But it was really about something that we cared about when it came to Jason Goes to Hell. Suddenly, I'm I'm literally told day one of the job. I'm told here's the formula, Adam, and this is from Sean Cunningham, who helped create the formula. Right, right. He says it's a fresh kill every seven minutes and a fresh pair of breasts every seven minutes in three and a half minute increments. That's it. And I went, but what about the ladies? He goes, what do you mean? I said, well. More than half of our audience is women. True story. More than half of ours audience is women. Yep. I said, what are we doing for them? I said, look, I think a lady can find a, a pair of breasts very lovely and, and be appreciative of that. As but, we do here at Jersey Ghouls. Yeah. There you go. But, <laughs> but I'm sorry. Like, uh, uh, I mean, Kevin Bacon's ass in, in, fr- in Friday 13th is like, Come on now. Like, I'm a straight guy. And I'm like, that is, that's an ass. ass. Well done. Well done, sir. You have toned (laughs) that level. So so here's the thing. I was like, I I think it's only fair that if we're going to have women naked in this, I want equal time for the men being naked. Um, And because I was making a movie where I didn't want you to just be afraid for the girls. I wanted you to be afraid for the boys because my movie is one of the only films that has a final boy in it. I'm like, I want, I, I want to create something that's more interesting than what we've seen before. And so I wanted it to be equal nudity. Um, Sean was like, well, you can show an ass or two. That's fine. And I was like, every time he'd leave the set, I'd be like, okay, so um, just turn to the camera, please. Thank you. Oh, terrific. <laughs> and we're done. Um, because it was like, and by the way, I got my head chewed off every time. So much so that Sean was complaining that I didn't I didn't have enough tits and ass in the movie. And <laughs> and so I bought Kane Hodder on the way to set. I bought a hustler 
And I had Kane stand in front of Bill Dill, our cinematographer, and Bill ran 35 millimeter film of Kane opening up the Hustler in full Jason makeup and turning the pages to the camera. And there are photographs on the internet of Kane holding the Hustler online as Jason. And I was, and and so so we got to that shot. I said, Sean, not enough tits and ass for you. You good? We good? (laughs) And again, he just he screamed at me constantly. Oh um, which I kind of didn't care. Like I really didn't care because my cast and crew so were so behind me um, that he was screwed. If he if he tried to get rid of me, that'd be that. He actually, this is a true story. We had to do three days of additional photography on the movie, um, and uh, it's when we added the whole camper scene, the whole the whole uh, tent spike moment happened in, after the film was was finished because people wanted some campers, uh, so we did the camper footage. Anyway, um, he wanted to direct those scenes. He tried to not hire me back to do the last three days of shooting of the movie. And Damn. yes, and he went to my cinematographer to Bill Dill, uh, a, a, a celebrated, remarkable photographer. And, uh, and Bill said, Sean, um, I can guarantee you that I will not return, nor will any other member of the crew because I will tell them not to return. This is Adam's movie, not yours. Sorry. And I ended up shooting those days. That's awesome. Yeah. By the way, Sean had no problem with me writing the pages, which I did. He also had no problem with me doing all the effects, which I crafted with Bob Kurtzman and Howard Berger. Um, I mean, it, it was like I did all the prep and then he wanted to take the glory because, you know, look, he was, you know, because he's made of pure evil. That's why. So. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Yeah. So, and also to me, explain makes the condom scene make so much sense now because, totally. yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a cautionary, right? Like you turned well, the trope of sex on its head because well, that was like, the thing they wanted. They literally, New Line said we had done the first screening of the movie and, and it came back that people wanted campers at the lake in jeopardy getting killed for this, that, and the other. And I was like, okay. I said, listen, I, I get it. I said, but I'm patently against sex equals death. I won't do it. I said, however, I will do unsafe sex equals death. That I'll do. And here's what's remarkable. It's my favorite thing about this movie. The Washington, uh, sorry, uh, no, it was the Wall Street, Wall Street, uh, uh, Wall Street Journal wrote a review of Jason Goes to Hell calling it a return to morality in horror filmmaking because of that scene. That scene? Oh, wow. My God. I know. I was like, I'm a what now? It was like um, your your Frankie says relax moment. You were it like telling totally me. Was. It totally was. So amazing. And, and by the way, when the when when uh Richard Gant's boot steps on the uh the condom, the unused condom, every single screening, every time, and Vanessa, you'll see this live next week with me. Every screening, the entire audience goes, Oh no. <laughs> Every screen it's I believe it. I say oh no every time, like up. Oh. <laughs> and then yep. and then by the way, my favorite thing about that scene is that like there's so much buildup, so much buildup, and then the the ultimate death of those two characters is so mm-hmm. spectacularly hideous. It really it's so is. awful. I mean, it's like I could not come up with something more heinous 
than he got they were such awful like you're fine with it's like one of those moments though where you're like cool i'm okay with this like i'm coming and going at the same time and it is literally because <laughs> tony the wonder llama does not want to package it up and and he's got to go that's just the way <laughs> it goes you know what mm-hmm. i mean to be fit coming and going at the same time my god i want that ah. on a t-shirt ah. <laughs> by the way i want you to imagine i want you to imagine how awkward it was for me and a very look and i was i was i think i think i'm the same age as michelle clooney the two of us in the uh b makeup uh stages and she's completely naked with like six lumbering imbeciles <laughs> who are going to cover her in alginate right for a full body cast and i'm truly trying to like direct her into her orgasm because that's the moment that I know she's going to die. That was great fun. Great, great fun. I do appreciate, you know, I have to say it's, it's rare in horror. And this is a thought I had while watching the movie. It's rare in horror that a woman gets to, gets to demonstrate that on film. And I'm always here for it. Good for you, girl. That's what I say. Yeah. (laughs) And by Um, the way, talk talk about, I mean, talk about an amazing, uh, the fact that that's, that 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 sequence, uh, Catherine Atwood, who's extraordinary, but that it's Michael Silver and Michelle Clooney who have gone on to such beautiful careers. They're both such amazing actors, <laughs> and that that's their first movie. Like that's the first thing they do on screen is that scene. And truly, look, I mean, I love the sleeping ki- the sleeping bag death in Part Seven. I love the down the stairs backwards in the wheelchair machete to the face death in two. <laughs> two. Awesome death. <laughs> But I'm telling you, I'm sorry. We win. That death, even people who hate the movie, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, but the sleeping bag, de- I mean, the sleeping, the, the tent death. Oh, no, no, no. That's, no, that's badass. Okay, yeah. there we go. <laughs> so set the record straight for us once and for all. Is Jason indeed a deadite? I mean, I, I see the dagger. I see the Necronomicon popping up in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to think that it's actually cowboy magic that makes the dagger magical that, <laughs> you know, Creighton Duke used. But I, I was rebuked by the internet because I was like, I get it. It's like cowboy Creighton Duke magic. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, it's it's so now, much deeper than that. <laughs> here's 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 the thing. OK, so so if you remember, you know, Jason, Jason Gostel has got a ton of referential material to other yeah. films. Like another show. Film, yeah. Right. Right. Um, it, it, and look, the entire concept. I love that people think it was the hidden. I had not seen the hidden when I when I wrote the movie. I had not seen them. I seen saw the that. Yeah, I saw I ended up seeing the hidden and felt like a freaking moron. I was like, oh, man, everybody's going to say I ripped this movie off. This sucks. <laughs> oh. um, here's the thing. I was actually doing my take on John Carpenter's The Thing. That's that's mm. what the movie was for me. It was this cool. idea of who goes there. Right. Where where is it going to come from? So. I had a ton of these referential things. And I, and and part of the reason for that was because I was a huge Scooby-Doo fan as a kid. And when Scooby-Doo met Batman, my seven-year-old brain exploded because I was like, wait a minute, Scooby Scoo- Scooby-Doo knows the Batman? And then like two weeks later, the Harlem Globetrotters came <laughs> That one like, blew oh, my mind. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> That's craziness. So- my feeling was, you know, people are always complaining how everybody in horror movies does all these stupid movies that you see in horror movies. Like that, why would they do that? They've seen a horror movie. Well, what if everybody in a horror movie doesn't have horror movies the way we do? And all of all of the movies are all in the same universe. 
So suddenly I was like, Ooh, I can take this from that and that from that. And, and so I kept trying to collect all of these, these things. And, um, and in, in, in doing that, it was also uh, when it came to the evil dead stuff and it, and it, it is true. The evil dead is uh, features prominently in the film. One new line didn't own evil dead. So I couldn't say evil dead. I couldn't say a lot of things I would want to say. Fine. Here's the thing. And I know you guys are, are, huge fans of this franchise. So I think you'll follow my logic in all of this. So the first Friday 13th, 1980, is really about a mom murdering campers who didn't do anything wrong, but because some, some I'm sorry, not campers, murdering counselors, because those counselors, in essence, did not watch her poor Jason, who died swimming in Crystal Lake. Great. At the end of the movie... When Jason, Jason, appears at the end of the film, he is still an 11-year-old boy. So the kid that died in the 50s is now back in 1980, and he's still an 11-year-old boy. You know how I know he's 11 years old? Because I went to school with Ari Lehman, who played <laughs> Jason. He was 11. Okay? So here's the thing. you got a little boy rising from the water, right, with his hydrocephalic head and some much on him. Fine. So that kid is a monster. That's not a person. That's a monster. Here's how I really know it's a monster. Two weeks later, which is when the beginning of Friday 13th takes yeah. Friday 13th part two takes place. Two weeks after he's the a grown ass two, man. He is 120 pounds heavier. He has found a tailor to to fit him perfectly with some new clothes. He has somehow learned how to how to read. Because the only way you could track down an address back in, in, the, in the early 80s was following the white pages. And he's gotten a driver's license because he has come along with mom's head over to Alice's place. Now, by the way, let's also imagine what happens before Alice gets killed. Jason creeps into her apartment very quietly, tiptoeing. <laughs> he opens up the refrigerator moves some stuff to leave a nice space on the second rack. <laughs> right. That's never clear, that rack. Places, <laughs> places no. mama's head perfectly. Gets it. Oh, good. Oh, perfect. Closes the door. Creeps back into a yeah. hiding spot. Now, okay. That's some deadite sense of humor stuff right, right there. Imagine Jason Voorhees doing that shit. Imagine the lumbering thing we know as Jason doing <laughs> all the things I just mentioned, right? And then he waits. He waits to hurt in the kitchen and find. <laughs> so where do we find you? Exa exactly. He <laughs> waits Vanessa Wright style. <laughs> waiting. When? When will he? She's going to go to the fridge. She's going to. Oh, no, she didn't go to the fridge yet. Oh, she's going to. She's going to go. She's going to go. Yeah. Okay. So this whole cat and mouse plays out. Then she opens it up and he sticks an ice pick through her head. Fine. Right. He then takes her body somehow from her apartment and mama's head. So now I want you to picture, right? He's got a nurse too, Adam, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> My favorite thing would be to see Vanessa with the Mary Poppins bag behind Jason. Got it. Yeah. So I, I also brought your stevia. She's so, like, here's yeah. the thing. You then go from part two to part four where Corey Feldman tears this guy's head up like it's chopped hamburger meat. And by the way, he didn't like hit him a couple times. No, no, no. He pulverized that skull. 
We then go to part five where there's literally a guy who has a photograph of Jason in his back pocket. That's an amazing thing. And then to part six, where Jason is resurrected a la Frankenstein's monster style. Yeah. And he's got a full head. He's still got a head. How does he still have a head? Where'd the <laughs> head come from? Ooh. The water filled in the space <laughs> in between. <laughs> But there was no water because he isn't drowned in part four. He's just, oh, no, his he's head buried. is just chopped up. Worms, and worms and dirt. Great, there great. Okay. So here's and the part toast. Then, 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 of course, he goes up against, you know, Stephen King's Carrie for some reason. <laughs> then, then, he, then he takes a ride on the circle line and ends up in Montreal. Okay. <laughs> so that's, that's the timeline. That's the, t- that's the sacred timeline that people get angry about when they, co- when they come to me and go like, what How are dare you, you right? doing with the, you know, like with our sacred timeline. Okay. Now think about this for one second. Let's go back to part one. A mother so grief stricken that she would murder half a dozen innocent people for the death of her child. A woman so who so much only wanted to have her dear, sweet Jason back in her arms. Wouldn't that mother turn to any means necessary to bring back her son? Absolutely. So why wouldn't she get something like the Necronomicon Necronomicon Ex Mortis Mm -hmm. and chant a little bit and try to bring her boy back? Now imagine that that it works, but her child is at the bottom of Crystal Lake. She doesn't know. And he doesn't know, because remember, this kid was handy capable. So now you've got a kid at the bottom of the lake, stuck in the muck in the mire, probably in, encased in stuff that's grown over his 11-year-old form, right? He can't move. All he sees is an inky blackness above him that sometimes turns to daylight and then the light is taken away from him. And one of the only things, one of the first things he sees is he sees his mommy at the edge of the lake. He sees her. And then he sees her decapitated and he rips himself free from the floor of that, of that lake rises up as Alice is coming out onto the lake in her canoe to get away from the shore, jumps up, grabs her, tries to drown her, but he's still an 11 year old boy thing. Right. By the way, I buy if that thing is part of what is the evil dead. And by the way, I love that everybody's like, you know, He's not a deadite. Deadites. I'm like, oh, shut up, shut up. <laughs> all Seriously, of you, all of you, please. HP, the HP Lovecraft scholars in the room, sit down. Um, <laughs> he, why can't he be a revenant? Oh, what's that? Oh, it's something yeah. that's in the Necronomicon Ex Mortis. He could be a million <laughs> things. And by the way, for our, for our, what what Dean and I called him when we were working on the script was he's Satan's assassin. So. Here's fancy. Right. And the idea being that why is it that Jason always kills these people right as they're in this period of their lives when they're doing all the worst shit? Because I'm like, look, this idea that you're murdering a kid for drinking or smoking or having sex. I'm like, it's all it's all so. By the way, why does the why does the right wing always come after our movies? Why? We're doing their work for them. These are the yeah. most religious, loving movies ever. Do anything naughty, anything God wouldn't like, and we're going to kill you and send you to hell. That's literally <laughs> what these movies do. So we figured, what a great ruse. If evil wants to collect souls, that's when it would do it, when they're sinning. 
So suddenly you've got this assassin that you point at, at teenagers because he's got a revenge fantasy and he just goes to town and mows through them. So this allowed us to let all of the timeline errors and problems disappear because now we are, we're, we're in a world where Jason can be anything. It's all magical. It's all evil magic. Now, by the way, it's no different than why on God's earth would someone put a two meter hole in a giant Death Star space station that if you <laughs> got one bullet into it, the whole thing would explode. So, so here's the thing. Jason Goes to Hell is the Rogue One of the Friday the 13th. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh, it makes so much sense because I love Rogue One too, so I get it. <laughs> it all comes together. It's always back. It all comes back. To, I love it. Um, Star, so, Star Wars and the Godfather. Everything that's right. It always comes back to that's those it. two movies. <laughs> I'm going to need you to do two things real quick for me. I need you to whip up a Crate and Duke backstory. Just a quick movie. That's, you know, maybe <laughs> over the weekend. And yeah. also, I'm thinking maybe a Mrs. Voorhees meets the Necronomicon. I, I wouldn't mind if Scooby-Doo was there, too. I'll take it. You know, like, right? if, we, if we're crossing Ooh. worlds, we might as well yeah. do it right. Right. By the way, by the way, the um, uh, for the Creighton Duke thing, there was a backstory shot for him that we do. We did. We did have a monologue that he has. Remember the moment when he says, uh, just give me two minutes and I'll give you your baby. Yeah. And then he literally just hands her the baby. Right. And you're like, <laughs> wait a minute. You said two, two, you minutes. Wanted two minutes and what? Um, it's because the monologue was two minutes long. Um, and so we shot that and then and then it, and then Sean cut it. Um, and I, I, I do understand why the, the, the movie was my original cut was like two hours and 13 minutes long. And it was like, come on, Adam, stop it. Just <laughs> stop it. Um, I, I was like making the apocalypse now of Friday 13th movies. But but here's the thing. Um, it, there, there was a great backstory um, about why Creighton started this lifelong obsession, which was he was a teenager and he was out on the lake with his girlfriend who he had bought a ring for. Um, they were just going to head off to college and he wanted mm. to propose and they're out on the lake. He goes to give her the ring. She takes the ring and uh, suddenly the boat is capsized from something underneath and Jason drags her down. Oh, that makes and sense. Creighton dives under to find her and no one will believe him. And then they start to suspect that he did something to this girl. And so Creighton becomes a bounty hunter um, what because because of his of the anger in him, but specifying in killers of this type, and he spends all of his money and all of his time trying to find how to get Jason Voorhees. So he's been there the whole time. Um, so there was this kind of really fun, exciting backstory for for Creighton Duke um, that we never got to talk about. Uh, we always, he 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 referred to it as the Sally May Rotten Crotch story. That's how, <laughs> how Steven talks about the, uh, about the, about the thing. Um, but awesome. the other thing is, is that I am writing a movie for Steven right now that is very Creighton Duke inspired. Yes. Um, because, nice. because the rights are in such a, a problem. Um, we are doing, we're doing a project called Hell's Bells together where Steven will be playing um, a, uh, a guy who lives in the South side of Chicago um, who wears nothing but black dusters and, <laughs> and, and, and a cowboy hat and has a very intricate, um, almost bionic back brace. 
um, and live Sentinel-like in a building over Chicago, which happens to be over, the building itself has been built over uh, a portal to hell. Um, oh. is, is his name Schmate and Schmook? It is. It's Schmate, <laughs> that's funny, Schmate and Schmook, you're right. Um, by the way, by the way, one of my favorite touches about this story is that um, in the background of his home, of, 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 of Schmaten's home, um, <clears throat> is this extraordinary artwork uh, of uh, beautiful, uh, long-limbed African-American women with incredible afros um, is, dots his apartment. Uh, and it happens to belong to a very famous caretaker um, from the Overlook Hotel uh, that we find is somehow related to Schmate and Schmook. Um, huh. So yeah, so uh, so anyway, there there are there are stories of of him and uh, some some ne'er do well youths in Chicago that mm. have to stop an army of the dead from coming up uh, through the building. Awesome. You know, I gotta say, see little details like that. That's when the nerd alert goes off. And I'm the only one in the room going, oh, oh, from The Shining. And then all my friends are like, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, it's the picture. It's the picture from The Shining. And yep. nerd alert. And yeah. I have no friends. So, yeah. we're, we're, you and I can be friends. Done. Gone. That's Thank gone. goodness. Easily. All good. All good. So, yeah, we're, we're, uh, Creighton, Creighton will ride again. Um, and Stephen Williams is so freaking excited. By the yes. way, when we... When we went to go interview uh, Stephen for the documentary, um, he came to the door, okay, um, shirtless, holding a knife in one hand and a bottle of beer in the other. And he said, what you all want? And my producer was like, we're here to, to interview you. He goes, no, I, I know, I know, I'm, I'm fucking with you, come on it. Um, so, so that is literally the way we that is with amazing um, yeah he's, that's awesome he's amazing so and the other question you had wait was schmate and schmoop and what else there was another question oh and obviously the the prequel where uh mrs Voorhees uh uses the necronomicon yeah. <laughs> have, have you ever have you are you guys comic book fans at all um, yeah there's a comic i yeah there is a comic called Pamela's Story oh, that is get, so good. Sorry. It's so good. And it's about her as a young woman with a with her son. It's crazy how good this thing is. So, yeah, I would. I, I got to check ID, that out. I think it's IDW. I think IDW put oh, it out. Oh, they're it's my great. favorite. What's it it's called? Pam Pamela? Pamela's I Story. Think. Friday the 13th, right. Pamela's Story. Oh, I, I have nice. to get it. Yep. It's really Ooh. good. So birthday money <laughs> um good you buy it so i can mooch yes. it off of you like hell usual. yes love it <laughs> so love it. i actually wanted to um if you're up for it all yeah. of you guys i thought it'd be fun to play a little trivia a little horror trivia put pitch sure. you as a creator as a as a person who's obviously well versed in horror versus these two knucklehead fangirls to see who who can and i gotta tell you most of these are super easy y'all like i I was like, I used my, I'll, I'll plug the horror trivial pursuit deck. Um, I used my horror wow. trivial pursuit. Wow. Yeah. Cause no one will play with me at home. So I might as well. That's right. We're going to We play. should start some. Can you play uh, games on zoom? We play. <laughs> what are you kidding? We play games. on. We, we have a, a standing game night on zoom all the time. That's awesome. All the yeah. time. Well, how, who do you, who okay. do I have to. Right. 
Yeah. How do, um, who do I know? Wait, hang on. Hang on. Here's my favorite part about this, Vanessa. Um, we start game night at about 930 at night. L.A. time. Uh, oh, yeah. No, that's like I wouldn't bag. invite you to game night, you lunatic. But I know <laughs> well, you. I know you very well at your own <laughs> festival at like 1140. Like, I'm a little sleepy, sleepy. And I'm like, what are you insane? <laughs> You know, I did not fly I'm, out here for you to be sleepy, sleepy. Get your ass up. Let's go. Oh, I, I worried myself because I was is, looking yeah. at the screening time, you know, for the film. It's at 10 o'clock LA time. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, we're going to have to go get oh some my Red God. Bulls or coffee before oh, yeah. we go. Or he'll be like mercing me into the... <laughs> That's true. That's like, true. I'm just like, oh, you'll I'm be so ready for that. you. I'm so ready yeah. for that. Oh, uh, it's we at uh, the East Coast. We're a bunch of grannies out here. We can't yeah. help it. Um, I'm a boring person. <laughs> You're so not. We just gotta. We we just gotta get you sleeping later in the morning. So you can right, you sleep in. Right. That's yeah. the key. All right. I need to take a nap. As well, well, start, <laughs> well, here's okay. Oh my God, listen, listen, granny panties. Well, um, uh, I think, I think, I think you just need to start getting in training now because you yeah. have. Yeah. You have almost a week to yeah. get ready. Yeah. Oh my God, that's a good yeah. call. Yo, oh, you can't because you're flying. I was like, dude, you gotta. She, she I, but I, you're going to a place that's legal. <laughs> Sorry, in my head, I sometimes don't oh, get the words out. Oh, in my, right, yeah, right. But yeah. she's, yeah, she's a, she is a Debbie do good in that way too. Yeah. It's okay. We have a lot of crack here, but oh, perfect. Um, <laughs> But here's the thing, Vanessa, Vanessa, my my normal bedtime is somewhere between two and three in the morning. Oh, my God. Really? What time do you wake up, though? Uh, Usually about seven or eight. Oh, I can't. Oh, I give you credit. And And then you go teach. Wait, here's my favorite part for Vanessa. So, Vanessa, next Wednesday night, when you get here. Oh, I know. (laughs) My class starts at seven. (laughs) <laughs> and then and then we all go out afterwards. I don't get home from class till at least two in the morning. Oh my gosh, you better sleep on the plane, girl. I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna have a little I'll get the what the camelback backpack with only the, with like with coffee in it. Perfect. Coffee in it. Perfect. Or or crack. crack Either or way. Crack. Yeah. Okay. Either way. All good. Um, I'll, I'll I'll get through it. I'm not I'll be a little weird because I'm gonna be Okay, wait, 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 wait. That's not going to be the reason why you're going to be a little weird. <laughs> like, you idle at a little weird. What are you kidding me? I'm going to be a little weird. That's like saying, you know, water is going to be a little wet. <laughs> oh my God. I idling at a little weird would be a really good memoir name for you. I got to yeah. be honest. It's actually, the, it's actually the name of my punk band. I'm just saying, we have a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of saxophone, but very hardcore. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean mean to go down that rabbit hole. All right, you guys are going to. All right, here we go. So how should we do this? Should we do like just learn out the first one to raise their hand? Yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. I got 10 questions for you guys. They're all super easy, except for the the 10th one. Number one, Alice Sweet Alice. Mm -hmm. Film debut for which actress? Oh, for goodness sake. Right. All right, Adam, you had that one first. Well, no, Vanessa, go ahead. Brooke Shields. Oh, don't be nice to her. I am. All right, Brooke Shields. Wow, <laughs> Vanessa, the, he beat you by like 10 seconds, too. But he was he just, did. you know, a, a lovely human being. Yeah. All being right. a gentleman. This one, if, if all three heads don't shoot up uh, at all, it's going to be crazy. Who is the director of Suspiria? 
at him again. <laughs> now, you do want the real movie, not the remake. Oh, no, yeah, not the remake. So Dario Argento. Although I didn't hate the hot take, I didn't hate the remake. <laughs> didn't see it. Surprise, surprise. Wait, wait, you want to know something? Wait, on that, one really cool thing, and I do give Luca a little bit of, of, of leeway on this. <laughs> okay. I really do. I, I think it's I, because I hate that movie, but but I was really perplexed by like, why is Tilda Swinton playing the old man? Like, why? What is what is that? What is I that? Mean, right? She's on. a national treasure. No, no, no. <laughs> but there's a reason. There's actually a reason. And I found out what the reason was. I actually went on a deep dive to figure this mm. out because I saw the film at an international film festival in, in Dublin, where my last mm. film, Secret Santa, was playing. We, we played together. And, and so... I hated the movie so much, but I was like, I need to find the answer to this. So I went to the source. Um, there are no men in the movie that have dialogue parts. Wow. It's all women. And so the one man in the movie that had a real part, he gave to a woman. See, that makes me like it even more. And I was like, <laughs> that's, I was like, that's very cool. Conceptually, bravo, wonderful. But I do have to say, it's a weirdly woman-hating movie. I'm just going to say it. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I kind of want to rewatch it now and get that. Um, I'm going to guess Jack Jackie probably, Jackie has a penchant for pretending that remakes don't exist. <laughs> like she just yeah. won't even acknowledge them. Yeah. Don't the way, encourage her. <laughs> by the way, wait a minute, Jackie. Yes. Deborah and I were asked to rewrite, to do the remake of The Omen. And we said no. No, thank you. What? Yep. Oh my God. And then they remade The Omen. And yeah. have you seen it? Was probably yeah, but you would have made it good. I saw no, that one. No, do you know what happened? Wait, do you know what happened? This is a true story. The it's the only movie in the history of the Writers Guild where all twelve writers who had worked on that movie, not one of them got credit. The only person who got credit was David Seltzer, the writer of the original film, and he had not written one word of the screenplay, and what? he was given he was okay. given a hundred percent credit. Can I can I ask a question to the the film? Actually, the three of you. I'll ask the three of you. Is it true that it's like the more writers you have on a film, kind of like the worse it's going to be? Like it, it doesn't bode very well for a film that has like seven writers on it. Here's the thing. It depends. There, there, are, there are stories that go in both directions. Let's put it this way. Carrie Fisher, while she was alive, um, probably ghost wrote about 100 films that you have no idea. She... Let's put it this way. Carrie Fisher did a rewrite on the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, Sudden Death. I'm not oh. kidding you. And you would pay her about $200,000 for the weekend to fix Sudden Death. And by the way, it was always money well spent. Always. So there were certain movies. Look, Deborah had to do the, uh, the audit um, for um, the arbitration for the movie Meet the Fockers, which is not a good movie by any means. But truly, she had to read 27 screenplays in three weeks. Oh, my gosh. All oh. drafts of Meet the Fockers, Meet the Fockers. by Fockers. different writers. Damn. So... It can go either way. Um, anytime William Goldman was hired, like, you know, I, I always love when people go like, listen, you know, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck really did win that Academy Award. Yeah, they won it. They didn't write the movie. William Goldman wrote the movie. You know, the gr greatest yeah. screenwriter of all time wrote the movie. So there are plenty of occasions when remarkable filmmakers, remarkable writers are brought in 
for a specialty thing. Um, I mean, Deb and I have written movies that you would have no idea we had anything to do with. Um, and you get paid a lot of money to shut up and go home. Wow. So, oh. yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But there are a lot of cases where there's been a ton of writers and it's a great movie. Okay. Yeah. You know? Um, but if you ever read a Wes Craven screenplay, his scripts were so bad. You were like, how is this going to be a movie? The, I was at the original table read for Nightmare on Elm Street. That's a true story. I, I played the Johnny Depp character at the table read for the movie. That's so cool. It was awful. I was like 13 and I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> because here's the thing. You're not in Wes's head. Like yeah. that, the whole point was that was like a little blueprint for him to know where the movie was going to happen. And then he would come out and you would have this thing emerge because it was in his head. But mm. it makes sense. Yeah. yeah, that's not always. So um, and for my money, I think Quentin Tarantino would always do well to have somebody rewrite his shit. Anyway, go on. Careful, the Quentin Quentin superfan over here. <laughs> oh, no, I know. Oh, no. Vanessa and I have gone. We have gone toe to toe. You're not wrong. No, you're not wrong. Um, you know who else would like toe to toe? What you and Quentin? Quentin. <laughs> she oh, she likes to make would, jokes about I would, it. I would let her toes touch. You know what? I can Thank I you. can just buy your husband the the mask from the McDonald's Moon Man, and you can just <laughs> there you go. It's Quentin. <laughs> Please do. Mac Mac the night. I don't want to be with Quentin in that way. Just yeah. you know. Yeah. No, Mac Mac tonight can be in your house tonight. <laughs> Mac tonight. <laughs> oh man continue oh. yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> all right so right now we got a tie for first place jackie where are you at all right reanimator is based on stories by what author yeah you got it jackie got that one that's hp lovecraft correct oh, damn oh. it is Damn yeah. skippy it is. Yeah, correct. Um, out, out, of, out, of, out of the best anti-Semitic <laughs> authors, he's the top. Yes, the he's know, one right? of my favorites. <laughs> one of my favorite. Oh, God, Lovecraft. Um, what is the name of the demon in The Exorcist? That's Adam. Just by like a scooch. That was not. Oh, go ahead, sweetie. <laughs> yeah, see, she's letting us. She's being good to our guests. It, it was Pazuzu. Correct. Nice. Um, By the way, speaking of remakes. Yes. Can I just set the world on fire for this fucking Exorcist remake? Oh my God, remake? can you stop? I, mean, no, I know, it's right. not a remake. It's no, a continuation. Right. Oh, bullshit. Like, so fuck them. They're, no, they're trying to remake it and they're, try, and they're trying you know to get what, away too, You know yeah. what makes me mad about that is The Exorcist is always the movie I use for the reason not to do remakes because my defense is always... You don't need to do a remake of a movie. Do what The Exorcist did in the late 90s, early 2000s, where you re-release like a director's yes. cut, yes. add stuff in, and bring the new audience in that way. And that that has always was, been my defense of no that, need for remakes. That movie was number one at the box office yes, when it came out. It was, like they, I mean, what are you doing? Yeah, that's always been my defense for no need for remakes. And now totally they're great. doing this whatever. And, uh, you know... Eh. 
By the way, by the way, Jaws is coming. They're going to remake Jaws. Oh, 100%. It's going to happen. And I'm it's, telling you. I, you know I, what? I just, that's the thing. I feel like they do it a lot with horror movies more than other movies. Like, yeah. I'm really waiting for, like, can we have, where, where's the Citizen Kane remake? If, if we're going to, you know. <laughs> Wait, but by the way, by the way, here's the thing. The, the reason why they do it, and and this is this is a little bit on us, because we all have to take a little bit of, of, of a part that's of true, this. That's true, because we, we see them. Horror fans, who, by the way, are truly like my favorite people in the world. They tend to be more kind. They tend to be just nicer people, mostly because we get our shit out by watching horror movies. Like That's where we get our stuff out. But here's the thing. Horror movie fans constantly say, we want something new. We want something different. And then you give them something new and different. You know, (laughs) Jason goes to hell. And they jump on (laughs) you like jackals and tear you to pieces and you go, well, this is why you can't have nice things. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sorry, over the last five years, for my money, if I hear one more bro dude talk about the witch is bullshit, the Babadook sucks, fuck that movie. I'm like, you're just talking about two of the best That's films movies, made yeah. of the last 10 years. I'm a dude Forget about horror them. movies. What? The witch was so boring. How dare you? So boring. There was like a grand total of five minutes of the whole movie that was actually entertaining. I thought the witch was boring. The Babadook, I have good shit. I didn't finish. I okay. Full disclosure. I do not like children whatsoever. And the actor, the kid actor, was so good that it made my blood boil and I turned yes. it off. So I never finished it. So by the way, that's really that, not the fault of the Babadook. The kid is just that good at being a child that I was way, like, I hate I, children. Can, and I turned can it off. I recommend, can I recommend go back and watch the rest of the movie and I'll tell you why. He's supposed to make you feel that way. Yeah. For no, a and lot I do get that. Film. Yes. I do get and that. Then, like, that's and then the he thing. doesn't. And then he doesn't make you feel that way. Agreed. There's yeah. a turn. There's that a I'll go back turn. and finish. It is yeah. a thorough, thoroughly yeah. brilliant. I don't turn. blame the Babadook. That, but no, the, honestly, the witch was so boring. I turned it off. I need right. action. I need guts. I need. You need like, a fresh death and a fresh pair of boobs every seven minutes. I do. Minutes. Like, she I do. she is that right? She's the dude broest of the ball. I really. I'm the and by the way, full respect to that, what I'm saying is there we we as horror fans, if we want new things, we have to stop clamoring for can we have another candy man? Why? Why? Oh, I'm we have, so excited for candy man. <laughs> right. But but here's the thing. Here's the thing. The original movie is still so it's brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. And all, and all of the sequels have been shit. True. Fair. Okay. They've not been good. No, I agree. You, you I'm ex- I, This looks good, though. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, be a little concerned. It's taken a lot of years for this to come out. Like it's a true. lot of it's years. True. That makes me sad because I'm, I'm rooting for that one. And by the way, I root for all movies. I, I want them all to be amazing. I have no skin in the game. Like, I want it to right. be great. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Next trivia question. <laughs> All right, so we'll we'll end it with this one because I think it's the best one on the whole list. Um, this could be our final, our 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 deciding one. I'm Jason. I've finally taken Manhattan. Which Broadway show do I go to see? Ooh, good one. <laughs> good question. You know, uh, the obvious easy answer would be Hamilton, but he's not going to be able to get tickets. He's not, he's not going to be able to get in. No. no he doesn't no. have and, the foresight to pre-order. Well, and he's also not going to sit on the two first line in case somebody turns <laughs> yeah, in a pair. That's, so that's right, not going right. to He not just doesn't, he doesn't have the patience for No, that. right. Um, he's got to go see something that's accessible to him. Oh, Vanessa's, 
Stomp. Ooh, good answer. All right. Good answer. Okay. That's I would accept that. Anybody else? Any guesses? I mean. I win. I think- <laughs> That's it. Yes, she wins. Stomp for the win. I, I think Footloose. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, it's- like, Evil Dead, the, mu- the musical is too easy. Too, Way, too, too easy. easy. Too easy. Yeah, I don't want to give that one. I don't no. know why. The only other thing that I can think of, and literally I was a theater major, the only, I'm like, oh, Kinky Boots. Oh, oh. I would accept Kinky Boots is correct. Kinky That's Boots right. is terrific. I just thought for because there's, there's guaranteed a lot of teenagers. Yeah. Oh, that's a good answer too. I mean, is so. he going to kill and harvest his people, or is no? He he's going to he's going to go whistle the tunes. He's. I mean, I just figured stomp. He'd be like, when I'm doing the shirt a little bit. <laughs> my, <laughs> lift up the mask. My instincts told me, dear Evan Hansen. Personally, he goes to see dear stomp Evan Hansen, and he relaxes. Like that's my favorite thing. He pours a drink. <laughs> He gets a drink in intermission. He does. He gets a thirty dollar glass of wine. Yep. It's been. You know what? He's had a tough day. He, he wants. To he just, just wants to relax. Right. He got online at TKTS. He got himself some tickets. Yeah. He just Maybe wants- Harry Potter the Cursed Child. I don't know. I don't know what he's into that day. It depends. I think he. I think he heads downtown for for uh, something at the public. Goes to see you know Chekhov at the public. Yeah. yeah. And then um, finally, my last question for all of you is. Uh, Jason Voorhees is chasing you. Mm-hmm. He's obviously going to get you. Mm-hmm. How does yeah. he kill you? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, I hope it's very quickly. No, yeah. it's, I mean, I think he's going to strangle me until oh. my head pops. Oh, that's a good Ooh, one. Okay. Nice. Like scanner style. I think that be, having been a feminist who's obsessed with, like, you know, like, things like you know the final girl trope and everything i deserve the penetration of like a machete or something i know i'm that's yeah can, that's can i ask that's how the feminist goes out yeah can i have a death where a death you often see in movies can i have a death where it it probably really wouldn't kill you in real life but because you're being a victim of them we're gonna call it a kill yeah okay then he's gonna like rip off my boobs oh i like oh. that you know me you know that i'm gonna be the yeah. one having sex yeah you know no, that i'm the one are. having yeah. sex 100 percent. so gonna he's trip gonna come blood. around town and he's gonna go yeah because yeah, you're gonna have sex in wow. an inappropriate and it up like i just died you're gonna yeah. go in the other room wow. with the hot job i'm yep. gonna grieve my problem was sex. that my car broke down and you know my cell phone doesn't work yeah. so i'm just with my backpack with my nurse, with my nurse, I think Merce. Merce. and I'm like Adam. Here's, here's, already in the woods. Here's the thing, by the way, and all I'm thinking is because we just rewatched it. I'm thinking when he strangles you, it's like um, Rachel Ticketon at the end of Total Recall when they like slide into Mars and her eyes are like coming out like <laughs> like everything's just like yeah, that's big, a good like, yeah. Ah, ah, <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. That's gonna happen. My my answer would have to be that you know he gives me you know ass cancer. <laughs> I mean, the the good yeah. bros are behind yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just wills it. He would that yeah. son of a he bitch. Really would. Um, oh my gosh. So I can't even begin to thank you both enough for, for joining us tonight. Um, where can we find you? Where can everybody who's dying to get more Adam in their lives, where can they go to see? Oh my goodness. If you're you're trying to get more Adam in your lives, (laughs) consult, consult your physician. Um, uh, no, I, I, I can tell you, uh, the, the quickest, easiest way to find me is Facebook. Um, it's, it's just sort of where horror seems to live. 
Um, I don't know why, but that does seem to be the place that horror people really are. Um, uh, so Adam Marcus uh, on Facebook. And, and then um, on, on uh, Instagram, I'm at Skeleton Crew Pro, which is my production company. Um, but it's also my personal stuff and all kinds of shenanigans. Um, I'm on Twitter at Adam Marcus 13 and at, uh, on Twitter at Skeleton Crew Pro, and also on Facebook and Twitter at Hearts of Darkness. Um, so, awesome. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's, that's the quickest way to, to find me. Wonderful. And Vanessa, mm-hmm. how about you? Yeah, you can go to renegadefilmfest.com to get all kinds of information. We are on all three major social medias. <laughs> medias is... You, yeah, you love I the mean, you love we, the TikToks. You love. I those. do. I love the TikToks. We um, need to get on the TikTok. I'm just learning and starting with the TikTok, and I've noticed something. Uh, I shared a video of my pug swimming in a pool, and immediately, like in a half an hour, it got like over 600 views. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, "Okay, so I have to use animals." Is how you get yes. people to look oh, at yeah. absolutely. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah, so, animals, I think, animals and breasts. That's literally yeah. all that that you need. <laughs> I have a dog. I have boobs. I why oh am God. I not a TikTok star? Oh my God! Seriously, you will be a TikTok star tomorrow. I was going to yeah, say you're. I mean, if we want to promote anything. Like, just we're going to make Phil do something cute, and then yeah. we'll have a link to what we really want people to look at. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not a bad idea. Perfect. Um, yeah, and submissions are still open for the Renegade Film Festival through the end of this year. So definitely get your script or short film or full length feature film in for judging. It's going to be an amazing time. We are going to, I don't even know. I don't even know if I'm going to come out the other side of this festival. That's how excited I am for this and weekend. By the way, and by the way, can I, can, I, can I throw something out about the festival, about Renegade? Sure, um, yeah. I, I, I was, um, I was lucky enough to, to be asked to participate, uh, in the last, uh, incarnation of Renegade when it was, uh, women in, in horror film festival. And, um, mm-hmm. and I have to say, you know, I'm, I'm a Sundance graduate. Uh, I, I have been in an unbelievable number of major festivals. I've won a bunch of festivals. Um, I've been very, very lucky and very blessed to be in, in some great company. I will tell you, I have never had a better time. I have never met cooler people. I have never found a festival coordinator and staff that has been more loving and supportive of the filmmakers that show up. Um, it, it, it is such an incredibly special festival that um, Skeleton Crew has put its full weight behind it. We, we completely believe in the festival and also very much so in Vanessa. Um, it, it is it is really a remarkable thing that has been created in Georgia for filmmakers. And I, I got to tell you, like I, I tell I tell filmmakers all the time, if if you are are not finding your home elsewhere and if you have not searched for a home yet, this is the place. Um, it, it, it's an it's an incredible party, but it's an amazing festival. And again, there's a tremendous love for the art of filmmaking and for all people who do it. So it, it, it's uh, I'm I am so honored to be a, even a tiny part of what's happening with this festival because it's it's a remarkable thing. Yeah, I don't even know how to follow that up. That's so amazing. <laughs> no, truly, the vibe of the festival yeah. and and what what you guys what you've created is something truly special. And I'm so I'm, I feel the same way. I'm honored to be a tiny part of it. So. I mean, I feel that way. 
<laughs> I, I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but like, I still like, it really is a collaboration of, of artists and everyone coming together. Like this is, this is not me, you know, I mean, this is, I mean, I just show up, but uh, no, no, it's, it's yeah, awesome. no, I agree. That's all you do. You just show up. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, you know, you, you, when you put that many really special creatives in, in one place and, you know, you dictate that the vibe is going to be like, we are here to support one another. We are here to cheer each other on. And we're here just to watch some really cool stuff. Well, thank you both so much for being here. We truly appreciate it. We are floored. Congratulations on the 20th anniversary of the film. Uh, have fun. Good luck bringing Vanessa out to the West Coast. I don't know that she'll, I don't know it'll ever be the same out there. I don't, I don't know. If you get <laughs> I just need to thank you guys both for coming on, Adam. Like, it really is. Like, you have no idea that you have no choice now to be my best friend. But I, I do have to say, um, this I, I knew this would be awesome. Um, I, I really did. I knew this would be terrific fun. But I do have to say, like the the warmth and the welcome from you guys is a rare thing. And I, I talked to some really wonderful people out. And, and, and again, I love the horror community. Like I love them. And while I've done romantic comedies to uh, action movies to thrillers, I always come back to horror because it is truly this like warm, sweet place that the normies don't get. <laughs> they really don't. Yeah. It's, it's a land of broken toys that are the best toys. Aww. And I have to tell you, like, this was absolutely a joy. This was Oh, awesome. thank you Loved so it. much. Aww. Yeah, we, we're, I agree with you. I think it is the land of, of misfit toys and I'm so happy to be here. I wouldn't want to be in any other genre. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we will make sure that in our show notes, all the links for social media for Adam will be listed and Vanessa and the film festival. We will make sure that we link, uh, what is it? Film freeway for yes. submissions because the submissions are still open for the festival. So we will have that link below. So if you have a film, go ahead and submit it. Be a part of this amazing family of people. Thank you guys again. Don't forget to check out the Jersey Ghouls on social media. You can find us on your favorite podcasting app. You can go to jerseyghouls.com to find more information there. Bye. Bye. listening to the Geekscape Network.